0: Testing, testing. Okay. I can't tell either. Thank you, sir. I think it. Yeah, it's good. I don't know if anything I say is worth recording. All right. Well, why don't we uh, open with a word of prayer? <clears throat> Dear God, thank you for this beautiful morning. Uh, thank you for your church and your people and your word and your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would be with us uh, here this morning as we look into your word, as we talk about um, what it says, what you're saying to us, what you want for us, um, from us, and we pray that you would be glorified by everything said, that you would open our um, eyes to your word through your spirit, and that you would be with us and bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's start with the recap. This is the class, in case you, like if you didn't get on the wrong uh, airliner, this is the class about sanctification, not the one about marriage. All right, everybody still, no need to rush rush out? Okay. Um, this is week four. I know we've only been met, met for three weeks, but we had week one and week two on the first week due to the snowstorm. And uh So, we're on week four, and this week's uh, lesson is called Looking at Jesus. Looking at Jesus. So, uh, that's what we'll be talking about. Let's start with a recap. Come on down, come on in. We're starting with a recap. Uh, So, this is the class on sanctification. So, what is sanctification? I'm asking you. What is sanctification?
1: process of becoming more like
0: Christ process of becoming more like Christ perfect anyone want to add up to that setting apart saying again setting apart setting apart the word sanctification has to do sanctifying something means setting it apart right <laughs> so sanctification seems like the process of being set apart Okay, Uh, next question. Oh, there is a long definition of sanctification from the Westminster Larger Catechism, but it would answer all the following questions. So I'm just going to ask these questions. Whose work is it? God's work, work, Christ's work. What else did I hear? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's work. That, from the recording, that's what I heard from last week, that it was God's work, and, uh, but actually, there was a way to see God's hand in it. In terms of the Trinity, there was a way to see God's hand in it, a way to see Christ's hand in it, a way to see the Holy Spirit's hand in it. So it's God's work. Whose work is it not? Ours. 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 Okay. So, it's not our work. But that's where the confusion kind of comes in on sanctification. Classically, usually, every time we talk about it, this is where our human brain starts going, "What is a or some words to that effect. Okay, so, um, so I have this question, trick question. Whose responsibility is it? Both. <laughs> I got it. Both. Whose responsibility is it? Both, meaning God and us, right? God and us. Now when I, I thought when I thought of the word responsibility, I thought, now there's a there's a word that we just lock up over a lot. We have a, a thing at work when we're getting ready to do a project where we make a, a table of names. It's called the racy chart. And it's about who's responsible, who's accountable, who needs to be C, what's the C stand for, and who needs to be informed. We're to go all through this, so we get all clear on who's responsible, mostly about who's responsible for what in this group effort, right? Group effort, who's responsible for what? So, So, even though God does the work, we have some responsibility. Is that a fair sort of, without elaborating on our responsibility? Okay, so we're not without responsibility. That's that's a key point. but it's also a hang-up, right? Because as humans, when we are res- when we're held responsible for something, <laughs> well then we got to make it happen because we're being held responsible. Okay. So at work, when we're making the racy chart, somebody's named as being responsible for some aspect of the, the team mm-hmm. effort, <clears throat> what happens if the person doesn't do their responsibility? their part doesn't get done. Because it's not a co-done thing. Mm-hmm. It's on them. Their part is their part. And it doesn't get done. And if you're at work and you don't get something done, what has a nasty tendency to happen?
2: People get mad at
0: you. People get mad at you. Or worse, right? You're like, hey, let's not... Let's, why do why we have that person? Because they're not doing their responsibility. Let's Let's put somebody in that role... Who will do their responsibility. So when we hear the responsibility, we get pretty, we get wound up right away. <clears throat> but in the Christian faith, uh, if we're working with God and God's the one doing the work, then this word responsible doesn't really have that meaning, does it? It doesn't have that same meaning that, well, Jeremy, one of our former uh, instructing team is here, so... That will help me a lot. Thank you for coming, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't know why you're so late. Because I could have used you a few minutes. I'm all right. All right. Just kidding. I'm actually right. late. <laughs> so we are just uh, recapping. Um, we, have to, we have to get going, too, pretty soon. Um, so we're talking about whose responsibility is it. And uh, so one of, the, one of the big words we use around here when it comes to the Christian life is the word rest. Rest. So if God is working with us on something and He's the one doing the work, then even if we have some responsibility, it should feel like rest. It should feel like trust. It should be based in faith. So it's really different than that chart at work for the project team member that we're used to, that we go to right away if I use the word responsibility. Um Okay, next recap question about sanctification. Hey, Danny. Hey, good morning. Even later than Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh <clears throat> <clears throat> Uh <clears throat> So, <clears throat> next recap question, how long does it take? How long does the sanctification thing take? A whole lot. Your whole life, right? Well, well, wait, your whole life, right? Your
2: whole life after being saved.
0: After being saved. Right. So is that any particular amount of time? What can we say for sure about that amount of time? It's different for everybody, right? At least a couple of seconds different. And we know that uh, like our, our, our classic and very rest-inducing example to refer back to all the time is the thief on the cross, right? He was regenerated. He didn't have time to go in the Bible. He didn't have time to read the Bible. He didn't have time to do a lot of the things that we might have time to do in, uh, in pursuit of sanctification and our cooperation with God in our sanctification. None of that. And yet, he was sanctified. He went from regenerated to glorified <coughs> a very short time period in between. And in that time period... Was he or was he not, no. from what we know of him, resting in Christ and becoming more Christ-like? Just didn't have a lot of time. So, uh, okay, finally, a couple more recap questions. Gosh, then I'm going to have to really hurry. What's our deadline for finishing? Like 10-15? Yeah, that's
1: probably about right. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. <Electrist>. Uh, yes. A <laughs> Uh okay. What are some signs that it's happening? Fruits of the spirit? Fruits of the spirit. Some signs that it's happening. Fruits of the spirit.
2: You don't think like you used to think. You
0: don't think like you used to think.
2: About the same subjects.
0: Now that's a sign we can see. Only only kinda maybe only we can see, right? On the inside. What about some now, outside signs, some of the fruits of the spirit, which we're going to come back to today, are visible, aren't they? And some of them, or any of them, not—they're fruit. So I think the whole, that list is based on being something you can see. Fruit. Well, that's a great answer because that's a, that's kind of you know signs that's taking place that we can look for in our lives are the fruits of the spirit. Some of which we might only be able to see, or we might only know, you know, relative to what we used to be like on the inside, right? So, I mean, we we might be, you know, kind of glad not so many people around us know what we used to be like exactly, right? So, okay, signs that, oh, here's another sign that's internal that I wrote down as an example I'm going to mention, convict, the Holy Spirit convicting us of sin, so when people say, well, look, I, you know, look at my life. Look at my life. Where are the signs? I said, is the Holy Spirit convicting you of sin? Well, yeah, I mean, that's why, that's why I'm complaining right now. <laughs> that's why I'm bringing this up. I'm like, well, you know what? Did that happen before you were regenerated? About four minutes before you were regenerated, right? the Holy Spirit got in there and you were being convicted of sin, that's when you were being regenerated. All right, so if the Holy Spirit is convicting you of sin, <clears throat> you might not have any other. Hey, maybe that's maybe that's the, some of the stuff that the thief on the cross was experiencing. But he had time, didn't he? Yeah, I feel like he was already a believer, but it was too late to not be executed for being a thief. Somehow, he knew who Jesus was. We don't really know that much about him. <clears throat> So this week, our sub, that was a great recap. I was so scared that you know, my fellow instructors wouldn't be in here and I hadn't been to one of the classes yet. This thing, as luck would have it, there was such a thing. All right, this week we're looking at Jesus. That's our topic. Uh, so what does I mean by that? I mean Jesus is the pattern for what God is making us like. Good English. Jesus is the pattern for what God is making us like making us to be like, pattern. Okay, so so if sanctification is becoming more and more like Jesus, that was our first definition this morning of sanctification, more and more like Jesus, what does that mean? What is Jesus like? In what way are we becoming more and more like like Jesus? So that's what we're going to look at. Um, So we're going to start by opening our Bibles to Genesis 1. 26 and 27. Who would like to read that for me? Sheldon. Yes, ma'am.
2: Would you say it one more time?
0: Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Thanks for asking an easy question. Okay. I got it for you. Go. 26
1: and 27. Yes, sir.
0: Okay, now we could have a whole 13 lesson series on what does it mean to be made in the image of God. So we're going to condense that and ask the question. So what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Our rational beings. Rational? What else? Made in the image of God. Eternal. Eternal. Once we got once we spirit. once we're started. We have a spirit. He's got a spirit. What else? He put us in a place of authority over... Yeah, the verse goes into the authority thing, he made this creation over which obviously he had authority, and he said, I'm giving it to you. What else? Here's one we don't think of, but it's uh, probably the the one we'll focus in on today. Moral (coughs) character. Think of Adam and Eve. They 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 have a moral. They had a moral character. We have a moral character. So we're we're rational. Well, except when we're not. That's the fall. Okay. But we were perfectly rational before the fall, and we were not sinning. We were created not sinning. And uh, we had a moral character. <clears throat> The moral character of God. A sense of right and wrong. And uh, so we had that image. You know, also, I mean, when, when Christ was made incarnate, he was given a human body. So there might be something to that image. Like, did he look like us? Or actually, were we both to look like him? Physically human body. Human body. Another kind of body. Completely human body, just like ours. So, okay. So, moral character of God. We bear it. And uh, there's more to us uh, bearing God's image. Um, But then what happened? The fall. The fall happened. Okay. So, our moral character became corrupt... And uh, we were holy. Adam and Eve were holy. And then they became not holy. And so, not holiness, not so holy, came into the human thing. And it's been with us ever since. Not so Not holy. Not at all holy. Not at all holy. Except created in the image of God. So, that... Uh, you know, potential for holiness still there. Still there. And, uh, <clears throat> alright, so let's look at Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. Ephesians 4. 21 but I'm going to start with verse 20 actually and if, if someone could read that for me 20 through 24 but that excuse
3: me but that is not the way you learned Christ assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness.
0: Okay. Well, that that kind of just said what we were talking about, didn't it? It's, it's uh... <clears throat> how do you put it? Created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. So, upon regeneration, this, uh this holiness, we're sort of recreated into the likeness of God. We are a new creature. We're a new creature. something really different about us upon regeneration. And, <clears throat> and it's this this verse is talking about to be renewed, put on the new self, created. It's like we're going back to where Adam and Eve started. Good morning. No problem. And... Uh, we're going back to where we started as humans, to our original sort of idea, the original idea. So, um, sanctification is kind of a restoration. It's restorative work. Restorative. It's taken us back to somewhere we, we used to be. Okay? We didn't, and we haven't had until regeneration, we haven't had any way to get back there. But once we've been regenerated, we, uh, we have a new self created after the likeness of God, and uh, we have the opportunity, apparently, to put off your old self, which is corrupt, through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Put on the new self. It's uh, a restorative work. It's going to take us back, and it sounds like something, I mean, we're being encouraged to, to, to do stuff there, to do stuff. Uh, so, back to that responsibility angle. Okay, Sheldon. I'm, yes, sir.
1: If you don't mind, I think it's really. I'm glad you went to that verse because I think it's fascinating. If you go all the way back, and it's the whole balance that we're building in this course, because at the very beginning in this letter to the church at Ephesus, Paul opens it up back, you know, in verses eight, chapter one, verses eight, you know, through like fifteen. <clears throat> Verse 11, he says, In him we obtained an inheritance, have been predestined according to the things of the purpose of him who works all things and according to the counsel of his will. He's setting this up, and then he's saying, but remember, you should not be like the Gentiles. You shouldn't be like this. So he's like setting it up at the Mm -hmm. beginning to say, okay, you're solid in Christ. And now remember, you shouldn't be like these other people. Mm -hmm. Put on Christ. And so I'm glad Mm -hmm. you went to that verse because it's just this,
0: it's not the only thing about you that's different, right? Uh, so, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk, let's look at Second Corinthians. I'm glad you said that. Second Corinthians three fourteen to the left. Second Corinthians three fourteen through eighteen. Who's going to read that? But their minds were pardoned for until this very day at the reading of the old covenant the same the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ but to this day whenever Moses is read a veil lies over their heart but whenever a person turns to the Lord you so we're talking about jesus as a pattern for us uh, as a as something we could look at to understand something about our sanctification some understand something about the sanctification process looking at jesus so i like this passage because it's talking about our ability to see jesus and it's 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 this it's the, it's the people who can't who, if the veil hasn't been lifted if they've not been regenerated they cannot see him even reading the scripture that's what this is about, it's about the Jewish unbelievers who read, would read the scripture and some would say, oh my gosh there's Jesus, that was Paul's main missionary trick was to go to synagogues and say let me tell you about this guy and then let's read these scriptures to see if you see him and some of them would see him and some of them would not okay, wow so they see Jesus, we see Jesus because the veil has been lifted from our eyes and now we're looking at the glory of the Lord and we're being transformed It said, from one degree of glory to another in uh, this translation alright, one degree of glory to another so we've talked about glorification kind of our ultimate uh, the ultimate sanctification the new body and new heaven and the new earth where uh, will exist without sin in glorified bodies so there's that kind of ultimate level of existing in glory but this is talking about looking at God looking at Jesus and being uh, transformed one degree at a time you know degrees are little increments of whatever little increments of whatever little increments of temperature little increments of angles very useful. Okay, so we're being transformed into the same image. It's all over the place. From one degree of glory to another. And guess where it comes from? This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Alright, so before we were born again we couldn't see Jesus, but he has opened our eyes now we can see him. And by seeing him, we're being transformed to look more like him. The same image, it says here. Okay. Uh, Romans 8.29. Romans 8.29. To the left. A few pages. Who could read that one for me?
2: For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren.
0: Planned. Like last week, I think, Ryan said, "Who God planned your sanctification. That was his big part in your sanctification. He planned it. So, his idea, he laid out what would happen, how it would happen. <clears throat> To be conformed to the image. Again, we got that image thing of his son. And so there we have the image of Christ. That's what being conformed to. So what is this image of Christ? What, does, what are we talking about? The image of Christ. So we talked a little bit about it at the beginning, because we were created in the image of God. So we're talking about okay. What is, you know, what is that? What is it about God? And uh, Let's look at uh, Hebrews 1, verse 2. Hebrews 1, verse 2. Who's got that?
3: But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world.
0: alright, typo in my notes let's keep reading Uh, verse 3 Sorry.
3: he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purification for sins he sat down at the right
0: hand of the majesty on high so the image of his son is the image of God so again, let's let's make man in our own image. Which image is he talking about? Jesus. So our our premise that Jesus is the, the the pattern, the thing God is making us look like, is is holding water here as we look around in the Bible. All right. Uh, and John one fourteen. John one fourteen.
1: seen his glory glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and
0: truth Oof. so you know god's invisible <coughs> god the father invisible and uh so but now the word became flesh and dwelt among us so we've seen his glory and now uh John, the disciple here, he had seen, he'd walked with Jesus as an adult. I mean, during the three years of ministry or whatever, he walked with Jesus. And he's writing down, he was, I think, also at the Mount of Transfiguration, so he also got a little preview of the glorified body of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he's writing this book that we might believe. And he's saying, we have seen his glory. How do we say it? <clears throat> glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, when we look at Christ, we see what we are becoming. <clears throat> not, We're not going to become... Christ Himself, we're not going to become part of the Trinity. We're not going to become God. But as humans, we're going to become like Jesus, and sanctification is our you know God moving us in the direction of looking like Jesus. So, <clears throat> uh, having Jesus' moral character. So. John's saying, we, we saw Jesus. So what do we know about Jesus? What was Jesus like? If we're becoming, if our sanctification is going to make us more and more like Jesus, what was Jesus like? How would we describe him? How do we know what he was like?
2: He called himself
0: gentle and lowly. He said, he said, I'm gentle and lowly. Very nice verse to read every so often that verse. Well, first of all,
2: we'll find out what he was like by reading the Word of God. Mm-hmm. That's our main
0: trick, it. isn't it? Our yeah. main glimpses into what Jesus was like are from the Bible. How blessed we are to have the Bible. How blessed we are that John and Mark and Luke and they wrote this stuff down. <coughs> was God's idea. It's quite a blessing to be able to see Jesus in the scripture. And really, that's it, right? Can we see just, well, trick question. So that is mainly how we see Jesus, isn't it? In the scripture. I mean, it's an absolute reference point. And what does the scripture say about Jesus? What was he like? He's he's gentle and lowly. Compassionate. Obedient. Obedient. Sacrificial.
2: Sacrificial. He spoke truth.
0: Truthful. Kind. Loving. Loving.
3: This might be a just-
0: He was focused. Now, he did have some things that are particular to him, didn't he? He had a, a mission. He had a particular mission. But I would, I like that because the focus thing, because what that is, is what's, what he was like, was he kind of, he paid attention to figuring out what his mission was. Remember, he, he got lost when he was 13 years old. Where did they find him? Figuring out what his mission was. Okay, and yeah. How his disciples expected him
3: to come and to be this political ruler and to change the system of the day they were very persistent Pushed back on that and then there were times where he went into villages to heal and the disciples came back he said the word of you is spreading there are more coming to be healed and he said let us retreat into the mountains so he's he's healed one person they're bringing more people Mm -hmm. to be healed and he doesn't stick around to do that why is he is it because he's not compassionate no he had a mission. He had a mission. And he was focused on doing that for the purposes of bringing the to the Father. So, mm-hmm. That's why I said focused. It might be a Focus. shift, but so, I like that word. <laughs> I like that
0: word. Uh, he, Because he, uh, <clears throat> this is the kind of thing I was trying to get at by asking this question uh, today for us to talk about. What was Jesus really like? If we're, if we're saying he's our pattern, that's what God's trying to make us like, it's very informative if you're, you know... You have this sort of co-responsibility to move stuff in a certain direction. You can do it resting in Christ, but what direction are we going in? And uh, the the idea that he had a, and I thought of this, that well, we're not not on this, but not everything about Jesus are we gonna be like, because he had this mission, he was the son of God, we're not gonna be the son of God. We'll be brothers though, which is really pretty cool. All right, and so I like the idea of focus, because one thing that he had was a mission. Do we have a mission?
2: Well, if we wanted to, um, I guess, pinpoint where we could fit in. That is, like um, Danny said, he sandwiched it. His mission to please the father. Yeah. You know, he he started off with he had his mission. He was focused, but then he ended the conversation with was to please his father. And so that yeah. is that is our goal: is to please our father in anything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be in being compassionate or being gentle, um, mm-hmm. being humble—all mm-hmm. of those things are to
0: please the Father. Amen. So. And I think, as a body of believers, the church—we know the church, universal church—has a mission to represent Christ. That's why when I said the Bible is the only way we can see Christ, it's not quite true. We can see Christ in the work of the church if we look for it. Right, so there's because the church is Christ's body on earth, so we can see Christ there too. But um, but the the mission thing, okay. So he had a mission, and he paid, you know, given to him by the Father, and he paid attention to that, and he made decisions about what to do in the morning, kind of based on that. So we might have, you know, that might be part of the model Christ is for us, is to think about what, does, what is God's purpose for us, and are we about are we doing it? Are we about it? What should we do next? in conjunction with that purpose God has for us. Okay, that's the thing he's like. You know, it's not in my list. The list that I wrote down in the notes, how what was Jesus like as a person, was the fruit of the Spirit.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, love. Let's look at Galatians 5. Galatians 5, 24, 22. Galatians 5, 22. through 24. Who can read that?
2: But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other.
0: All right, so this is what Jesus was like. We talked about moral character, observable moral character, things we could look at as humans. Uh, We would see someone who exhibited these qualities, love, joy, peace. We mentioned several of these. Patience, goodness. We use some other words that are kind of versions of these, like compassion. Okay? And Jesus did not exhibit the works of the flesh, which were, there's a big list of those before this, right in verses 21. Uh, Did not exhibit those either. So, um, that's what he was like. And how was Jesus like this since he was fully human? Because he was God. He was fully, as a, as a human, he was fully indwelt. Because he was God, he was fully indwelt by the Holy Spirit. He didn't have the competing, well, he had the competing sin nature, which he continuously overcame as a human. He came to him as a human but uh, so he never sinned how did he manage that? the Holy Spirit right Holy Spirit just controlled him he was controlled by the Holy Spirit as we're urged to be for his whole life he grew up he started as a kid a baby grew up learned stuff but the whole time he was indwelt by the Holy Spirit okay. and uh, <clears throat> there's a In Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11, 1 through 3, I'm going to read it. There shall come forth, we just had Christmas, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch (coughs) from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. Jesus had that. (coughs) The Holy Spirit, big time. And who indwells us as regenerate people? The Holy Spirit. So we had that. And uh, <clears throat> and I like it, to, it's, the, it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to be looking more and more like Christ. That's what we say, it's not, we don't do the actual work of sanctifying our, ourselves. The Holy Spirit does it. We are looking at Christ as an example. Um uh, by the way, so, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, do these things exist outside of the fruit of the Spirit?
2: I've often wondered about that, just
3: unbelievers.
0: I, guess I mean, there's... I know some people who I'm, I'm afraid are not believers, who are kind, in general. As I know them, they seem to be a kind person for example. And I mean, there's plenty of good deeds done. Boy Scouts helping little ladies across the road. So what's the difference between that goodness and this goodness?
1: I think there's some elements of common grace that are among the humanity in general. I mean, I know several of my individuals in my company that are just stellar humans, you know, Service and mm-hmm. and you know teaching their kids the right thing. I mean that's what they did. Like over Christmas holiday was you know their you know my uh, the co- old colleague took his daughter to the community like soup kitchen and they did a shift together. Like you mm-hmm. know great human beings. But I know they're not believers and so I think there's elements of, of common grace there. I'll let someone else take the take the other question. But certainly I think common grace is the example of why there's love and kindness and graciousness in other individuals mm-hmm.
0: okay so it, it is in a way a gift of, from God that it's there what's the difference between those, those good things and the fruits of the spirit motive Source. source So, the fruits of the Spirit come from the Spirit, and so they are God's version of these things. They're the they're God's version of these things. And so, there's something more to it when goodness comes from the Spirit than when it comes from uh, anything else. Like uh, it sounds a little harsh, but you could say that it, it may be what produces good things. Uh, if if they're not spirit produced, they're they're motivated from something else, some other basis, uh, love of self, love of anything but God. Okay, doing the right thing. You know, we're we're brought up a certain way. We want to, in essence, maybe go on our whole lives pleasing our parents. We've got a conscience, okay, but it's it's not coming from the spirit. So we've got peace. I hear people say, "I'm at peace with that." And then we got the peace that passes all understanding, which is when you have peace with something that there is no explanation for. I could ever have peace with that. Right, I have peace with my decision I made. they great. But that is not, you know, peace under persecution or peace under uh, peace knowing the the eternal destiny of our loved one. It's, you know, there's a big difference between fruits of the spirit that we call with these same words and what humans can produce on their own so um, when we look at jesus we're looking at somebody who that was all coming from the spirit everything he was doing was coming from the spirit so i think i when we look at jesus one of the things we can look for in ourselves is god's work in ourselves is more and more of what we do will be coming from the Spirit. More and more of what we do will be coming from the Spirit. The Spirit is new to us on the day of our regeneration. And, uh, we've <laughs> we were just with my granddaughter for her birthday last weekend, and she wanted to play over and over this theme song from Aladdin, or one of the pieces of music from Aladdin. And it's a, it's my... It's Encanto. More, Encanto. Well, uh, Honey, you might have missed this part. (laughs) But for a while, we were listening to every version there is of a song called You Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me. (laughs) Which is a a funny song. It's a funny song, especially in the cartoon version of Aladdin where Robin Williams is making up the words and the, the animation artists were having to go along with it. And it's awesome. But uh, we ain't never had a friend. That's a genie. That's a fictional thing. But we have never had a friend like the Holy Spirit. In fact, uh, Jesus called him the comforter, Uh the paraclete in Greek. Someone's going to come alongside us and live inside us and start changing us, start rearranging the furniture, okay? And making things, making us look more and more like Christ and there's stuff we can only know on the inside like the conviction of sin and then there's stuff that will affect the people around us and that's why the church I think was called Salt and Light because we start to make a difference that's why there's a scripture that says be ready to give an explanation for why people see this hope in you and uh I think it it shines brighter and brighter uh, under what circumstances difficult circumstances um so, uh, as we look to Jesus as what he, God is trying to is working in us to make us look like, um, uh, that informs us. I think in terms of our, which we'll talk about in subsequent weeks, what we're about in, is part of the sanctification thing. What's what's our part? I think it's seeing where we're going. Uh, there's some famous motivational speakers, of course, talk about, you know, you've got to see where you're going. That's step one to get anywhere, right? And uh, so that's what we will more and more look like, Jesus. All right, so we have just a few minutes left. Uh, How can we look at Jesus as our example? We talked a little bit about this right at the beginning. How can we look at Jesus as our example? If we're... that would be helpful. How would we do it? Scripture, <coughs> Scripture. right? So we got we can read about we can read Jesus in the scriptures. You know, my Bible's got red writing, uh, red letters, everything. Time he said anything, then there's people around him describing him, putting it down. So we can read. I thought, wow, I, you know, I read the stories. I read the stories to see what happened. In fact, Stephanie will get on me for finishing books really fast, and I'll be like, how did you read that that fast? Well, you know, I just, wanted, I wanna know what happens. <laughs> and then I, I, you know, I'll read a book a second time, this doesn't happen very often, read a second time, see stuff, and see something I want oh, know, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I might have sped right over that. There'll be this nice, elegant description for which the book won an award. Right. <laughs> hey, what happens, what's gonna happen? <laughs> I think to know. I read about, uh
3: that, I don't remember what reference it was, but Rick talks, it was describing Jesus, and it used the language, which may, might have just been my translation, but uh, an imprint of his exact nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that that language of imprint, right? So if, if, if Jesus is the exact imprint of the nature of God, and then we are becoming more like Christ, then we're becoming more like the nature of God, and so what I think of is if we were we were per, we were perfect before the fall, and like you said, I, I thought about it almost as like a computer backup, right? We, we regenerated, and then we're in this process of being backed up, mm-hmm. which means we're all at different places mm-hmm. and becoming more like this imprint. Which means, I think, a long way of getting to, in addition to Scripture, spending time in fellowship with
0: other believers, mm-hmm. that is a good way to. Uh, be sanctified other believers are the body of Christ on earth we spend time with them we're closer to Jesus we are learning stuff from each other when we're with each other so we can read the Bible with the intent of understanding what Jesus was like we can expose ourselves to the church each other, what else can we do to look at Jesus?
3: Maybe even on a more individual or personal level, discipleship with someone
0: who's further along in their sanctification process. Sure. Sure. So, so study, right? So, I mean, tutoring. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that one-on-one discipleship is like tutoring. It's like mentoring, right? In the worldly world, we call it mentoring, and uh, and we're so yeah. That's so. For example, I mean, we're here in this class. So somebody wrote a book which we liked, and we're using that to kind of frame this class out. And so this this looking to understand what Jesus was really like is kind of we're helping each other do that Mm -hmm. helping each other do that as a group, one on one parents with kids okay, friends with friends
2: Paul encourages that doesn't he when he tells the church follow me as I follow Christ Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's both of those things hand in hand Yep. you can't exalt one and negate the other meaning don't look at the person and forget all about the word of God it's got to be because a person can do something that's
0: contrary to the Word of God. That's right. And there is a way that seems right to a man. Yep. So we've got to do those hand in hand. Amen. Um, and my favorite, as we're, we're out of time, but I think that uh, um, praying, uh, praying, we know this is what God wants for us. Bible promises. I wish I could quote it for you, but Bible promises. If we pray in conjunction, in parallel, and in, in agreement with the, with God's will, He will do it. And you know, people wander around going, you know, what color car should I buy? That is that. You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what is God's will for us. And we, He is. We for sure know He wants us to look more like Christ. So we can pray to that end. That might be the most powerful thing we can do. Mm-hmm and everything else might follow from that. Uh, and I think oftentimes in my life, when there had not been much visible progress, we can probably uh, correlate that with not praying for it, going off into the wilderness of not seeking God. And uh, so we can pray uh, that we would respond to others the way Jesus did. We can pray for wisdom. That thing in Isaiah where he had the wisdom of the Spirit of God is promised to us in James just for asking. Pray for wisdom. And uh, pray for the fruit of the Spirit to come into our hearts and minds. So when we're, you know, it's coming, that motivation thing. So when we are not doing stuff, You know, because of our conscience, because of the way our parents told us they'd be happier if we did it that way, we're doing it because the Holy Spirit is enabling us to do it God's way. All of that we can pray for and be praying 100% inside the will of the Father. Okay, I went slightly over. Uh, Speaking of prayer, um, uh, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this time you've given us to be together this morning. Thank you for your word, Lord, that we can find you there, that we can see Jesus there. Uh, or that we can hear you because you've given us the Holy Spirit. We can see you because you've uh, taken the veil off our eyes. Lord, we pray that you would, by your Spirit, Enable us um, to look to Jesus as who you are making us to be like. Lord, would you do that? Would you more and more draw us to be more like him, to respond to people the way he responded to people, to do your work, to seek out your work for ourselves and to obey you the way he did well, we just pray that you would sanctify us and move us in that direction, Lord, even if we're looking out the window, that you would pull us toward yourself. Thank you for again this time this morning and for the time in worship. Pray that you would be glorified there and we'd be encouraged in you. In Jesus' name, amen.